0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning, and today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade. Which, of course, means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at MyAlmaCoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat today. A little bit later in the broadcast, we're going to visit with Mike Cena with Mike Cena Advisors. But first up on Cherokee Business Radio this morning, please join me in welcoming to the show with Operation Snatchback, Mister Ron Green. Good morning, sir. Good
2: morning. How you doing, Stone?
1: I am doing well. Every time I see you, every time we visit, you're so enthusiastic. You—I don't know if it's caffeine, I don't know if it's just a, a zest for life—but you're always, you're, you're, you're just seem to be fired up about about what you're doing. And I suspect some of it must be related to mission purpose of this Operation Snatchback. Tell us a little bit about this about this this thing and, and what it is you're trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah, so uh, you're right. I, I love uh, I love what I do. Uh, Operation Snatchback is why I walk the face of the earth. That's my first love. It's my passion. Is to build young leaders. That's that's what we do. Uh, so Operation Snatchback Youth Development is a five hundred one c three nonprofit that focuses on uh, at-risk, marginalized, and underserved youth ages 13 to 24. So usually uh, middle school, high school, and young adults. What we're seeing, Stone, is that, uh, man, these kids coming up have enormous challenges, whether it be, uh, you know, maybe drug experimentation, gangs, violence, uh, lack of education, poverty, or economic deprivation, low self-esteem, peer pressure. The list goes on and on and on, and we're losing a lot of them. So we, we, I started this organization to put an end to that and start building young leaders. You started this thing. I started it. Yes, I started it in 2015.
1: My goodness! So this kind of thing, of course, I see it on the news. I get a chance to to meet bright, passionate people like you that are really d- driven about trying to do something. Well,
2: that's what you say, bright. That's what you say. <laughs> I, I don't know what everybody else say, but, uh, but I'll take that.
1: <laughs> but I have to be perfectly candid with you. It's it's um it's very far removed from my own life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we didn't grow up wealthy or anything, but my folks were teachers. You know, we never, we weren't hungry. I don't know. I think the surfer kids did some marijuana, you know, but I mean, I wasn't, you know, I mean, I've seen it in the movies, you know, but it, it was just so, it's so far removed from my life. I, I think it, uh it doesn't get on my screen very often. Yeah. Do you find that's the case with a lot of people in my situation?
2: Yeah. You know, uh everybody has their own life journey. Uh, right. You know, so it's not. Everybody doesn't look at that this through the same lens because of their life experiences, right? Right. But the reason I started is because it was close to me. It was a part of my life growing up, so I was attached to that uh, that challenge as a youth. So I grew up right outside Chicago in in what they call uh, the bricks or the projects or, or or you know public housing. I grew up in extreme poverty. I grew up in drug infested areas uh, where there was prostitution, gang violence. Uh, just the list goes on and on. So it was a world that I'm very familiar with.
1: So you lived this, or at least pieces of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, no wonder you're so passionate about it.
2: I am. I am. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's close to me, man. Uh, I have, you know, I have what we call lived experience, man. So, but by that, I have a responsibility also to impact in that area.
1: Well, it's interesting that that's where you where you landed, because now what I have done because I've interviewed. Thousands of very successful business people, some of them incredibly financially accomplished and accomplished in other ways, and almost without exception, uh, they will uh, specifically articulate this—not uh, just a desire. The, the word you used was obligation. Mm-hmm. They feel like they want to stretch a hand out and try to help the next entrepreneur, the next group. So you came out of your situation feeling like you had an obligation to try to help other kids that were that found themselves in that. Same situation.
2: Absolutely. I, I th- My philosophy is, you know, today I live a wonderful life. You know, I'm eating good, living good. Uh, and,
1: and you're on and, Stone's radio show. And I'm on Stone's radio show. <laughs> what more so, you so, want? so what
2: what the hell else could I want out of life? <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> so, but, you know, if, if I found a way to climb out the mud and other people have helped me climb out the mud, right, and to be better and do better in my life, which I have, then I'm charged with... The responsibility of helping others climb out that mud, man. That's my philosophy. So, you know, Stone, when I was coming up as a young kid, I made a lot of bad mistakes, man. Uh coming up in that environment. You know, uh started selling drugs at age 16. 17 became a drug addict. This is the crack cocaine era. So at seventeen wow. I was a full blown crack cocaine addict, man, at seventeen. And when most kids are looking to go to a prom or study for a test, I was trying to figure out who I was gonna rob, steal, lie to to get what I what my body was oh craving. My
1: yeah. Wow. Wow. What a, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's just- a moment of silence. <laughs> no, that's a, and, uh, there must've been some grand purpose to all this or some grand design to it. Uh, because now you are more prepared or as prepared as anyone to genuinely help these kids. They must, when you share that story, they must really identify with, well, you have some, uh, some real credibility. Absolutely. Yeah. These kids.
2: What what I understand, uh, Stone, is my greatest asset in life is that I used to be a a junkie, that I used to live in the woods, that I used to hold a cardboard sign at that intersection, Mm -hmm. that I used to live like a maniac and an animal. That's my greatest asset, because through those trials, I've learned how to be resilient. Right. There's nothing I can't do in my mind. You know, so, you know, this thing we call life is no pressure. When you wake up with a monkey on your back, you got to get dope and you're hungry. You don't have any place to live. You're, you're coming out the woods. That's pressure, man. You know, so, so I use, I use my experience to impact not only young people, but in my mind to impact the world.
1: So how do you get to these kids? Cause my, my instincts are that they would be everything from to a little bit cynical. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and skeptical Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, maybe even angry and violent. How how do you, how do you reach these kids?
2: Well, for me, I, you know, I I use, uh, again, I use my credibility now, you know, early on, you know, getting arrested, I've been arrested over 30 times. I've been sent to the penitentiary on drug charges. Uh, I mean, you know, at that time it didn't work out well for me. It was not a good thing. Right.
1: If we're going to trade
2: jail stories.
1: <laughs> I actually got arrested for hunting over corn. But I, I mean, you know, I, I I was in the cusp for ten minutes. They like, they confiscated my bow, <laughs> but it's not the same thing as
0: not a, not not quite the same. <laughs> you, you working on it, man? You are working on the stone? Not not
1: not quite there. Man.
0: Me and Ron, we're hardcore. <laughs> right? A little bit above you. I was a DUI in nineteen ninety seven. I spent the night in Fulton County Jail downtown. Mm, that was that's, that's Rice Street. Rice
2: Street. Yeah, that was eye opening. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. That's yeah, that that's that's the that's that big house right there. Yeah. Yes.
1: But that is your opening with these kids. It's real, you've been there, that kind of thing.
2: Look, first the first my introduction to the prison the first two weeks, I had my jaw broke in half. My my <sighs> mouth stayed wired shut for six weeks. I drank out of a straw. I lost twenty pounds and I said, Oh boy, I I don't. I don't think I want to be here. Right, <laughs> yeah. but I, I tell the kids this because a lot of kids in their mind, if you go to jail and come out, you have this big credibility now. You the man, right? Hey, man, this ain't where you want to be. So I I intro a lot with that story, yeah. and you ask me, how do I connect with the kids? Yeah. I just connect with them through those stories of of uh, the things that they can identify with uh, of the chaos and the madness that's going on today. I that's I, I open up with that, and then then this is. It's all good after that.
1: Well, okay. Well, wait. <laughs> so you're connecting with them, <laughs> right? Right, right. And now, But now you, that's not enough. You're trying to move them. You've got to work on everything from mindset to – well, I don't know what you're doing, but you. Mm-hmm. how do you move them? Like is there a structured – is it a curriculum? Is it right. a process? Mm-hmm. Do you have them build a portfolio of doing – Good stuff. I- right. So, so what we do, we run our programs out of the
2: Sweetwater Mission Complex. Uh, oh, so hit, you have a facility. Yes, and it's in Austell, Georgia. And we, uh, we run our, our core programs out of there. Now, what you have to understand is for a young person to really buy into what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're trying to teach them, they have to know you, like you, and trust you, right? So just showing up there constantly, running the programs, that's number one, sharing and being authentic uh, and being transparent. So you want to connect with them. So once you connect with them, they know you like and trust you. Now what you do is make the training space of a fun place to learn. We build curriculums, you're right. We build curriculums. Okay. We build programs. But we make sure that they are built in such a way it gives the kid an appetite to want to engage in these trainings. We do th- We do th- any, anything from leadership, soft skills training, uh, mindset training, uh, image building, character building. We do training to help them to become the best version of themselves that they can be.
1: And do you draw on experts in those different domains? Do you personally do a lot of research and then bring that material and then sort of run it through the the Ron Street Cred filter before you try to deliver it?
2: Yeah. so uh, I work with other people that have been broken. Most of them, some not, but most of them have been broken and and we use our own experiences to develop uh, these programs and curriculums. But however, what we do, what we also also do is we do a cool thing called uh, design thinking. And I got this idea from a professor at KSU that came in and showed me this right here. Whatever program we're building. You know, because sometimes, you know, we we like to get, sometimes we'll get the ego going on. And we like, we know everything and we get to, we get, we get at the conference table and we build building these curriculums. But what I found out, design thinking says that the population that you're trying to impact, you bring them in to help build the programs.
1: Oh, well, now there's an idea. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> right. Maybe they know a little bit better than we do, which right. they normally do. They're the experts in the room, so bring them in take suggestions some of them might not be good but a
1: lot of that stuff is because and, and they and they have some authorship in the point pl- in the plan right that's huge right
2: yes that's that's the that's the main piece because it gives ah. them a sense of empowerment right right of value i bring value to the world i've helped build this curriculum so now their chest is a little you know sticking out <laughs> a little bit more right 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 right
1: <laughs> that is fantastic so how do you know what are what are some telltale signs that you're really making progress and you're, and you're having an impact I, There must be some things you start to see, mm-hmm. oh you know yeah yeah Joey's almost there you know mm-hmm. I, he did this yesterday kind mm-hmm. of thing
2: you'll you'll see it in behaviors, and this is what got me to understand the kind of impact that I can have in the space of youth development. Let me give you an example uh, when I first started mentoring or running these programs. You know, the kids will come in and they, I mean, they, they throwing paper everywhere. It's chaotic. They running around. They, they don't even uh, acknowledge you. It was it was chaos. But once I continued to keep coming and to share who I was, being authentic, showed them that I cared for them, and then make the space fun to learn, when I walk in now is, how you doing, Mr. Green? Everybody's quiet. So you'll uh-huh. see a change in behaviors, and that's the thing that made the Hair on the back of my neck, stand up, and I right. knew right then at that moment, oh, this is why God made me, yeah.
1: so you really do feel like this is this is this is where you belong it 's what you're supposed to be doing
2: without a doubt without a doubt and 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 for me it's so fulfilling because when you come to a place in your life where you understand purpose mm-hmm. and you you understand that and you're living in that that's the that's that's the mystery of life. You know, people search for that all the time. That's the the real true mystery of life. When you find that, you unlock the mystery of life.
1: Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple times this um, this idea of consistency, mm-hmm. which I suspect is something that maybe they have not experienced a great deal in other aspects of their lives, right? Absolutely. They, they haven't seen that, that. Or people making a promise or a commitment and then fulfilling it and if they if they see that if they see that modeled that uh that probably that probably goes a long way have you been at it long enough to answer this question some and and it may be not but i wonder if you're starting to witness as as some of these young folks make the progression and they start getting some wins and they start enjoying some of the fruits of of behaving in this fashion do any of them feel an obligation or some pride or something in in, in leaning over and helping the next one? Mm. Is there a little bit of that internal?
2: Yes. Yeah, so our program is is designed, and that's a great question. Mm. I, I th- it
1: took me a while to get it out. I thought it was a fantastic question. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, <laughs> after- what do you think, Mike? You were in the radio
0: business. It was perfectly <laughs> perfectly phrased. <laughs> I, I just I'm in awe. Yeah, after you mumbled through that one for about one minute, uh, yeah, that
2: was a great, great question. Uh, but uh, our our program is designed where once a uh, individual goes through our program, then the goal is for them to come back as a alumni. Ah, oh, right? nice. So now, if you think about it, they keep coming back as alumni, and then they've already been through the program. They can, they can, they can lead. They can give suggestions. And then they become a a part of this alumni group that, in my mind, will just keep growing, growing, and growing. And before you know it, really, the alumni group is who runs the organization. I like
1: it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit because I happen to know that another um, very important part of your life and career is with this <laughs> this business that you run, uh it's video plug, right? Is that that's
2: correct, the video plug.
1: All right. So tell us about the video plug, mission purpose there, and if if there is any to speak of, the any overlap, like lessons you're learning from one arena that you're applying to the other, or if you yeah. Tell us about video plug. So the video plug
2: came about oh. <clears throat> we are uh we, we do all things video. Uh, the Video Plug really focuses on creating uh, dynamic video footage, uh, promo videos, uh, brand message videos, and testimonial videos to help grow and scale your business. And the reason, I never picked up a camera until the pandemic.
1: Wow. So, wow.
2: so I'm not even, you know, I mean, but because uh, that I used to sleep in the woods and had a monkey on my back, I feel like I can do and learn anything.
1: This guy does not feel pressure. Like if he's going into a to an opportunity, like a big sales call, what I would I would call pressure doesn't feel like pressure. You're like, hey, it's just another day in the park.
2: Exactly. So <laughs> what, what happened was during the pandemic, when everybody or most people panicked, you know, I'm a big reader and researcher. I, I'm I don't have post secondary education. I, I I dropped out of school in the tenth grade. I got my GED in prison, but. You know, I'm I read a lot, I research a lot, and what I understand about the one percenters who own most of the wealth here in America is that when a devastation arises or occurs, they don't panic. They look for the opportunity in the devastation.
1: Well, that's your world. That's probably true, right, Mike? The people with with wealth and have that track record, they find opportunity in these things, right?
0: They absolutely do. And it kinda goes back to what we talked about earlier, mindset Mm -hmm. and where you're starting from. But yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: what I did was I sat down at the table and I had a meeting with myself during this pandemic. <laughs> I said, "Ryan, okay, what the hell going on here?" right? <laughs> so, uh what I did through research, I found out that a lot of people were opening up their own small business, side hustle, anything they could do to start a business, but they had these subpar videos depicting what they did and and to kind of promote their business it was cell phone shot and cuz we all think we can use right music. right 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 so i said there it is right there i said you know what i'll i'll, I'll be the video I'll, I'll build a video business so what huh. i did is i went to the university of youtube Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. big shout out to youtube man
1: i'm telling you <laughs> that's where all my barbecue uh, <laughs> and chops have come from everything i know about smoking a boston butt came off of youtube
2: <laughs> i mean youtube man phenomenal right. resource man use it man so i went to the university of youtube i bought the equipment i made an investment yeah. and then uh, i learned the business and i'm still learning the business so i'm working on i'm working on mastering the business now so Uh, That's how the video video plug came to be, man. So we're doing great work here. I stay very busy. I'm building and scaling it. But it's just a test. It's just a a great uh, attestment to how no matter what circumstance, no matter what happens, definition of problem is that which can be solved, right? So it's just a mindset like my man said right here. It's all about mindset. How are we looking at it, man? And once you develop the correct mindset, you really become unstoppable,
1: So a little bit of tactical advice um, for people like me with a cell phone. (laughs) The first piece of advice is at least reach out and have a conversation with with Ron Green. But I I get the sense, and I really don't know other than some brief conversations you and I have had, but my instincts tell me, you know, even if it's the most polished video in the world, if someone comes in here and and does a video of me talking about mission and purpose of Cherokee Business Radio X, Mm -hmm. just... Me talking about how great we are, and throwing it on the internet and social media—that's that—that's not really a solid strategy. It's—it's it's not. It's fun, and you know your mom likes it. You know, right? Or at least my mom will. <laughs> you know, she'll share it, but, right? But but you, yes, you have the 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 technical expertise, and mm-hmm. you, and and you've you've learned it the hard way. Mm-hmm. But you're uh, you're as much a uh, I don't know what you call like a strategist, a a, a marketing. Uh, strategic resources, you are a camera guy, if not more so, right?
2: Right. So there's a big difference between someone who just takes footage, right, who goes and captures footage, or someone who is a video strategist. I'm a video strategist, right? So I develop systems using videos to help grow and scale your business. Uh, So we talked earlier about promo video, something Quick, should be 30, 45 seconds, no longer than a minute. I saw
1: one this morning. For yeah. Our <laughs> buddy John Cloonan, shout out, big, shout out to John. Big shout out to John
2: Cloonan. <laughs> hey, watch, go on Audacity's uh, website, uh, Audacity Marketing, and listen, look at the promo video for that guy. Uh, he's smashing watermelons in, in his in, in his video, and, and and I directed all of that. But but that's his personality. He's bigger than right. life. So
1: like if you did one for Mike, yeah. we probably wouldn't have Mike smashing. No, no, because it. it wouldn't fit his brand. We'd have him on a horse because he plays polo. Right, what,
0: right. There we go. I actually did a promo video uh, at the polo field. It turned out really well. It's yeah, probably four or five years ago. It's time to re-air it.
1: But you but you gotta you gotta fit it. It's, uh, it's not a one size
0: fits all kind of thing, right? No, it's not one size
2: fits all at all. So it's gotta be a strategy. Uh you know, people wanna know who you are, and then uh, you know, it has to match up with the video and then it's the placement of the different videos. There's three types of videos really to grow your business, a promo video, brand message video, and testimonial videos. They work together hand in hand to drive mm. clients to 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 your to your products and services. You just if you think you could just get one video, this is a this is the most this is the biggest myth in the video world ever. If you think you can just go purchase one video and all of a sudden the the phones are going to light up and and <laughs> you're going to be on Forbes magazine, you're highly mistaken. It is a strategy of different videos to help pull people and hold their hand to different places till they're ready to punch the button.
1: Yeah, That's it. so so where is this business headed? Are you um are you in a, the mode of expanding that business and bringing on more clients? Are you are you gravitating to a certain industries? or
2: So uh, the, the The goal is to grow scale uh, the business from Cherokee uh, outward. So I, I want to build different stu- – have different actual uh, uh, brick-and-mortar studios uh, okay. where you see the name Video Plug, you know you're going to get a quality video that's, wow. that's really going to be dynamic. So we're just focusing on growing and scaling. and we're getting busy now. I have an intern working and another person uh, with me, but – you know, we're looking now, at probably this year, start to actually hire additional staff uh, because the work is the workflow is just that busy now. So, right. so we're we rocking and rolling, baby.
1: Well, I wonder if we won't have, and we talked a little bit about this before we came on air. But I wonder if you and I might have an opportunity to collaborate in serving some clients. And and I get this this phraseology, this wording from John Cloonan. Mm-hmm. Um, I teased him the other day, I think, about having uh, some experts on a panel some some marketing experts i was t- telling someone else so we had these marketing experts on this panel and john Clunan. <laughs> but, I <was> t-
2: <laughs> but, I, but i was just teasing oh I, I- john go john go get you for that one man john <laughs> john get him for that one man get him for that one
1: but no the truth is i just have all the respect in the world for for his work and he and he talked about having an integrated strategy mm-hmm. and i can see as we bring clients on because on the client side of our work we're trying to help, I would kind of in my lane is professional services mm-hmm. and yeah if they can host their own radio show and use the platform to serve their ecosystem and build relationships that's great but if we were to complement that with bringing someone like you in and and having them do have a real an actual strategy then i feel like we're 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 a long way toward that uh toward that integrated uh, approach. So maybe we'll get a chance to do some cool stuff together.
2: Absolutely, man. If you don't know, Stone's got a great marketing mind, man. I've sat down and talked with this guy, and he's uh, he's brilliant in, in that aspect. Uh, and that's real. I'm not joking, guys. He, he really is. <laughs>
1: well, that's kind of but My secret sauce is I just decided to move to a community that's extremely supportive of business in general. Oh,
2: I like that. You're right. right. It, hasn't that yeah. been your experience? Let me tell you, hands down, I've never been to a place or a community that supports businesses like 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 this community here never now i've been on the earth 51 years now you know so i've been around a little bit
1: you wouldn't know it man you're looking good i I appreciate it man i appreciate (laughs) it (laughs) but no for instance like the woodstock business club the 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 the, the mindset the ethos is um it's 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 um it's serve first it's relationship oriented it's not quid pro quo like mike Mm -hmm. i'll have you on the show and then i need you to buy it it, it's not that at all it's Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a, it's a good group of people. So, yeah, living walking distance from Reformation Brewery mm-hmm. to go do that, mm-hmm. and you could just about throw a rock from my house over to the circuit, and then mm-hmm. and I walk over there. So, uh, oh, shout out to Casey Sullivan. She's going to be doing the. Uh, Million cups tomorrow.
2: Yeah, yep. at uh, at the circus. At the circus. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna show up there. I'm a I'm big supporter with- of KC. Oh absolutely. man! But if I may, I want to just uh, yeah. touch
1: on Woodstock Business
2: Club. Please let me let me give a plug in to them guys because you know what? Since I joined a few months ago, I, what, what made me join is one of the one of the people in leadership there stood up and, and and this is what they said. They said in order really to to really be successful in this in this uh networking group you should always come from a place of contribution. And when she Uh, said that, she was talking my language. So I was like, that will work. And I've seen that. And I display that in my own behaviors. and, And everybody else does in, in the networking group, man, and I, I tell you, I've gotten so much business out of that, and I've used so much services out of there. Yeah, and it's not a competition because you have other media people in there.
1: Well, that's another thing about this group. This is an open group. There's other people in there that do uh, great video, great video work, They're great videos. And, and, but you guys, it's it's just different. I don't even know how to explain it. I, I don't
2: either, but I know they got a great, great formula over there at Woodstock Business Club. So if yeah. you are listening to this and in, in the Cherokee area, you need to get over there every Thursday, every Thursday morning at 830 at Reformation. Get there.
1: That's right. And if you swing back around after 2, Stone will be under the tree, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Enjoy yeah, I find you there are more times than not.
2: <laughs> what a beer from Reformation. <laughs> what a beer. That's
0: right.
1: Uh, oh, man, I could have these conversations all day. I got one other quick uh, idea, and okay. then we will wrap this segment this time, but we're going to do some more of this together and with clients and all that stuff. But I was thinking about you working with your kids, if and when, you, you uh, run across one that has a real interest in media. Maybe mm. they're interested in what you're doing. Maybe they're kind of interested in broadcasting a radio. Uh, I would absolutely make this platform available. We'll teach them how to run the board. We'll let them host a show. Uh, I, I'll leave it to you to, you know, to, to to make things, to set the structure for it. Yeah. But just know that you've got this pla- I, I really, that, my passion and, and i never well i've slept in the woods but you know that's hunting and fishing We'd Never, <laughs> you, know, you know we come from two very different different worlds but i do have a genuine uh, it's more than it a passion for young people who might be interested in business and so if there's anything you know my little circle of knowledge is pretty small but i know some things about using these toys to mm-hmm. help people and make money and anyway, if, if, you, if you ever think there's an opportunity for the A kid or some kids to come in and, and get a chance to, they might have fun having their own show or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll make it happen.
2: Man, that's great. I appreciate that because it yeah. is so much about exposure, man. I'm telling you, it's about exposure. I was Just, at, uh, yeah. yeah, I was at Chick-fil-A and there was a couple of kids talking, but they're about 16 and they were going over their stocks. On the on, on their phones and they were talking about what stock is doing good <laughs> I'm serious right and then you know what you know what I did stone I, I listened to them for a second and I, I had to I had to butt in I said excuse me I hear you guys talking about stocks how old are you they were like sixteen I said how did you even start yeah. in the financial game they said they said well we just thought it was cool and I said nah what spark did they said I had an uncle mm. who is a entrepreneur and he, he 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 trades all the time that's exposure. That Those kids right. were exposed right. to something, and now they love it. So it's all about exposure. So thank you for the opportunity, man. Well, I'm happy to that. do it.
1: And they don't have to call me Uncle Stone, but it would be, it'd be kind of cool. How about Grandpa Stone? How about Grandpa Stone? <laughs> 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 oh my god that's probably a little more
0: appropriate i'm probably the oldest guy in this room <laughs> all
1: right before we wrap let's make sure that our listeners um, know how to get in, in contact with you have a conversation with you or or anyone on your team about either of these operation mm-hmm. stats back, or the work that you're doing through video plug what's uh whatever you think is appropriate email phone website right. whatever
2: so i think website you can give you uh, for the video plug just go to website and it give you all the 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 platforms it's uh www.ggmultimedia.com and for my youth development organization operation snatchback it is www.snatchback.net
1: well it has been an absolute delight having you here in the studio and i'm quite sincere let's you and i are going to be talking a lot a lot more let's find some ways to go out there and help some folks we might make some money in the process but hey the more money we make, the more people we can help, and the more people we help. Sometimes you couldn't stop that flywheel if you wanted to. <laughs> right? we, we're going to get some advice here from the from the money guy. But, hey, can, can you hang out with us while we visit with our next guest?
2: Are you kidding me? The money guy? I'm, yeah. I'm going to pull my my notepad out and start taking <laughs> notes on this one.
1: There you go. All right. Y'all ready for the headliner out there? Here we go. <laughs> next up, on uh, Cherokee Business Radio this morning. We have with us. With Mike Cena Advisors, the man himself, the Grand Poobah, the guy, Mr. Mike Cena. Good morning, sir.
0: Very good morning to you. Uh, what a pleasure to follow that act, jumping Jimmy. I can go in a number of different directions. Um, one of the things I do want to touch on, again, it's it, to me this vibe and this youthful energy in the city of Woodstock and Cherokee County. It is such a neat place, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Absolutely.
1: so i'm sorry you have to follow that act i mean if, if we <laughs> sorry. no it's been a lot of fun a little fun already, and of course we learned a really exciting story but uh, i I like to ask people about their backstory, and I do have to wonder how in the world do you do you land in a role like this a professional uh financial uh, planner, and in your case, V only which uh, we'll talk about here in, in a few moments. But yeah, what's the backstory, story, man? How, tell us about the winding road that got you
0: here. Well, I tell you, it is a winding road. I was fired from my first two corporate jobs. Oh, my. I've been on my own ever <laughs> since. Now, my longest tenure was in the IT business. I owned an IT company uh, here in Atlanta, and we were primarily based in uh, North Georgia and Central Florida. The short version is I just wasn't having fun anymore after about 15 or so years, and I started thinking about something I could do that I would have fun at and help people. Now, I'm your traditional left-brain introvert. I'm a business guy, and I landed onto this notion of fee-only financial planning. And I will tell you this, I, I make money managing money, but the value I bring and the fun I have is in the planning. And that's kind of a squishy, nebulous, you really don't know. It, it's different for different people, and it occurs at different times. But uh, I just had a blast with it. And oddly enough, back around 2002 or so, I went to um, talk to a family friend of mine who's got a fee only practice down in Buckhead, Georgia, uh, Atlanta. And he was very gracious. He took me through his back office and all of the trading stuff and spent about four or five hours with him. And on the way out, he put his hand on my shoulder. And he says, Mike, you've really got a good thing where you're at. You need to find a way to make it work. You don't want to get into this business. And that was like, (laughs) you know, waving the proverbial red flag at me, here, hold my beer, and I'll show you. But um, I got to tell you, I started this in 2008. The economy slid into the abyss. I went through a very difficult divorce. You started this in 2008? It was a brand new business. Uh, uh, It's been an education.
1: I'll bet it has. So the type of person, and I know those of us with small, medium-sized businesses, we're often tempted to take business wherever we can get it, right? And in most cases, and maybe this is the case for you, there are some clients who are just more of a hand-in-glove fit for your style, your approach. Uh, did, has that been your experience? And if so, wh- what does that person or, or couple or uh, family look like?
0: That's a really great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. But <laughs> what I can come down with is the people that I work with now, there is an emotional and an intellectual connection. Now, I work with huh. uh, primarily people in their middle 40s to – Uh, middle 70s. Uh, I have a lot more fun with younger people. I've got time. I have a chance to actually make a big difference in their lives. Sometimes when somebody comes to me and they're 65 and they're approaching retirement, there's not a lot I can do. There's not much time to actually implement uh, small technical things that will add up over a long period of time. Uh, But I just, I have so much fun working with people and getting to know people, and I think one of the big uh, ahas for me is it's never about me, it's about them. Mm -hmm. And I think the greatest lesson I've learned, and probably, Ron, for you and and your kids, is this ability, this art of listening, Mm. emptying your mind and being genuinely curious and listening to people. And they know when you're listening, it makes a huge difference, and I... I'll raise my hand. I wish I'd have learned this uh, 15 years ago when I had a teenager. Uh, <laughs> I think our relationship would be a little different than it is now, although he's doing fine, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. But this whole notion of active mm-hmm. listening, and I, I speak in public, um, various venues and stuff, and one of the talks I give is about how to listen. And I just I encourage people to zip it. Just keep your mouth closed and listen, and people will – It's amazing what they'll tell you if you let them. And that's how you really get to know people. And, you know, this goes really kind of deep, but um, money is very emotional. It's very deep. Most people would rather get naked than talk about their money. I mean, really get down to what's Mm -hmm. driving money. And uh, when I was on the radio a few years ago, WSB, the lady I was on the radio with, we had terrific chemistry, and she introduced me to this uh, notion I never really thought about it quite this way before, but there's a lot of shame that people carry with them regarding money. We've all made mistakes. We have pretty much everybody has been uh screwed by an advisor at some point in time. It's really the reason I got into this business, is um so many of my friends, my co-workers, my neighbors, they were being sold products and transactions that benefited the seller much more than mm. my friends, neighbors, and coworkers. And I just thought there had to be a better way. I really set out to fundamentally change the nature of financial services and try to educate people as to what is going on. I I love to tell the story that um, Wall Street, it's a manufacturing business. It's no different from General Motors, DuPont, Johnson & Johnson. Mm. They manufacture financial products to sell. Mm. And there is a home for most every product. Now, probably not your home. Okay. (laughs) But there's a home for it. I mean, these are smart people. And there's uh, you can get really, again, deep in the weeds with this stuff. But um, I just try to get people to keep it simple and understand what's really driving them in their life. And from there, if you've got a good understanding of the priorities in your life, most everything else will fall into place. Mm
1: -hmm. So how does the whole – well, let me back up. I was gonna. I'm gonna ask how the whole sales and marketing thing works for a guy like you. But before we before we even go to to that, I I have to believe the level of trust that I mean you gotta have some trust if you're gonna come in my shop and be on my show. Like I'm not yeah. gonna ask you you know stupid questions and I'm not gonna make you look dumb you know. But the trust that one must have to have to even have a conversation with you about their money, much less take your counsel of what to do with their their money. So, I, yeah, the whole sales and marketing thing, to me, what you do looks like it would be a heck of a lot harder to sell <laughs> than a, what I sell.
2: That, that's, a, that's a great
0: point, too. Yeah? That's a great point. Well, i got to tell you, and part of, I don't want to phrase this, so much of Wall Street, so much of financial service is selling-oriented. And I've written about mm. this and I've spoken about this. There are some people remarkably charismatic that have a beautiful white smile, and they look you right in the eye, and they know what to say. I don't want to use the word manipulate, but Mm -hmm. there's – I'll go back to it. A lot of people have been uh, sold bad stuff. So the whole nature of financial services is based on sales. That is not how my practice is set up. And I'm going to go to the video thing. I started doing videos a few years ago. I had a, uh, a guy that helped me with them. And over time, it started to deliver an authentic brand mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. became comfortable with. And I raised my hand <laughs> when the pandemic started, my access to this guy was gone. And I was flipping out. <laughs> I was like, what, what am I going to do now? And I finally, I did the dreaded iPhone thing in my mm-hmm. kitchen. And I just started doing minute to minute and a half, two-minute short videos on different topics that mm-hmm. – I think resonate with people and it, the phone's been ringing and mm. it's uh consistency mm. yeah. is key and you have to have an authentic message. And there is, there's a good fit client for me. I've learned to recognize that over the years and uh, I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me, but I have a, a pretty unique and boutique type practice mm. uh, where I, I help people with uh, a number of, of situations in the life. And I'll tell a story. This is going to I have a client um, that's in South Carolina, whose wife developed cancer. I was the first person he called. Mm -hmm. And it really touched me. He's got a a brother, but he says, you're the closest thing to a brother I have. Now I've been Mm -hmm. working with this guy for about four years. And that's the kind of relationship that I have with my clients and, I help them with any number of things beyond just money. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, money is a tool, but we're only here for so long. And, you know, I I practice a lot, try to teach people to make the most of what they have and live in the present. And do not be so focused on the future in what I call the number that you miss what's happening right here in front of you.
1: So this term, we've mentioned it a couple times, fee only. What what exactly does that mean, and and, and and
0: why? Why did you go that route? Well, that just flies over. Everybody said nobody knows. There's so much jargon in my, my business, but fee only. Yeah, yeah when, when I first heard it, you, know, you guys were fee only. I just like, okay, I, I'm not going to even ask <laughs> what that is. Go, go ahead. <laughs> fee only means I don't make any money from the sale of a product or a transaction. I don't sell insurance. I don't sell securities. And I take it even a step further. Most people, even fee only financial planners, uh, they get a percentage of assets under management, typically around 1%. And the relationship I have with my clients, it's a flat fee annual retainer. I don't manage money, I help people manage their net worth. And it's eminently transparent. Uh, we have a good understanding of what's taking place and how the transaction and the relationship develops. You'd be amazed how many of my brethren that sell insurance and they'll have a conversation with their client, and the client will, well, how much is this going to cost? It's not costing you a thing. You'd be amazed how many people that work with primarily insurance people have no idea what they're paying. And I don't object to how a man earns a living or a woman earns a living. I just object when there's no transparency in the commissions on these life insurance and variable annuity products is substantial, Um, and they're very complicated. Now, saying I don't sell insurance, it doesn't mean I don't advise on it, and it doesn't mean that I don't encourage it when it's appropriate, but I've tried to set up a practice that is objective and focuses more on what's best for you, not what's best for me. So,
1: do you find yourself working with couples? You probably do, right? Married people. Well, you know, you just mentioned because of the gentleman. So, when you, don't you have to be like part couples therapist earlier oh, in the you, you have
0: no idea. I gotta tell you, like this, has been an education and a journey. Uh, in almost every case, even in my marriage, money was a uh, a heap big deal. Uh, yeah, but um, I bet it is in most. Right? It is in mine. <clears throat> yeah, it is, and. um you know, trying to navigate that, and again, I try to take the approach, the first thing I generally try and do is get people to write down and understand what the priorities are in their individual lives. And when there's commonality, that helps. Um, once we get to that point, then we can start talking about uh, the basics of money. And I can tell you, the two most dreaded words in my English language is budget and behavior. That just sends people to the moon. Mm. I don't like to use the word budget, and I hardly ever use budgets. I try to get people to figure out what's important, and the budget will fall into place. And to a degree, the other thing I try to get married couples to agree on is it's our money. Yeah. And I have a a relatively new client I've been working with for about a year in kind of getting back to this therapy thing my objective with them is just to get them to sit and talk once a month for 30 minutes about money. And they don't. They have a hard time with that. And uh, it kind of goes back to this notion of learning how to listen. Mm. Uh, People know how to listen. People engage with a little compassion and have some understanding. I tell you, I had a very deep conversation I call meaningful conversation with my son at the beginning of this year. I really had no idea what he had in mind, but it was kind of a um, what a terrible dad I had been. We, I just let him go on for about an hour, and then we talked for another two or three hours after that, and I explained uh, my life, my upbringing, and uh, how I like to figure out things on my own, and how the last person on the planet I wanted to get advice from was my dad. Mm. It, just having that conversation mm. with respecting each other's values and Positions it just goes a long way towards increasing and enhancing marital harmony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, this, the listening to communication. If if you get both partners uh, on the same page in general, yeah. and recognizing and, and acknowledging and, and being okay with the differences, even, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suspect that could mean a lot of more zeros at the end of the day. A lot, right? At least a lot more. Just. What was the harmony somebody said earlier, right?
0: I get that. And, yes, you're right. It does. They go hand in hand. But there was – I'm part of this uh, nationwide peer-to-peer kind of mentoring group of financial advisors. And we have these calls a couple of times uh, a month. And one guy put it – it was beautiful. I'll know I'll mess it up, but it's not so much return on investment but return on life. Uh And I'm more focused on helping people make the most of what they have. And one of the things I have learned as well is it's amazing how little I need financially to be happy. Mm -hmm. Now, I have my own financial goals. I've got my dream of, you know, boating up the intercoastal into the Hudson River on this really nice 55-foot Fleming motor yacht. That may or may not happen, but I can tell you I'm going to have a great life whether it happens or not, and I will find somewhere or another to go boating up the Hudson River. That's one of my <laughs> thanks. Um, anyway, trying to just get people to shed uh, the layers of emotion and shame mm-hmm. and fear and whatever else might be driving them to understand what's good, what's working, and try to stay focused on what is working rather than Focusing on what's not. I can tell you every time when I get in trouble and I call it, you know, crossing uh, the trouble line is when I start thinking about what is missing in my life. Uh, I mean, I <clears throat> I can get pretty deep here, but it's um, – I just try to get people to focus on what's good, what's working, make the most of what they have. So I wrote a book a few years ago called Raise Your Hand If You've Ever Done Something Stupid With Money. <laughs> So we all can. I want to redo the book, and I want to cross out stupid and write human above Uh it, because that's the essence. We're all human. We're fallible. We make mistakes. We make poor judgments. There was a book I read by a guy named Morgan Housel, The Psychology of Money, and it really made the circuit in the financial planning arena. And one of the points he made, it really hit me like the frying pan in the face, is in the moment – whatever decision we're making seems appropriate. Yeah. And, you know, that just, it really kind of struck me as like, well, duh, I never thought about it that way. Um, One of the other things that financial planners, financial advisors in general do is, I mean, good ones to a degree will kind of sit on the shoulder like a little angel or devil, depending on your point of view, people will make, Better financial choices if they know somebody is paying attention
1: huh so we um, I want to hear more about the about the book and I, and I know you're a speaker as well I want to ask about that before we wrap but back to the sales and marketing thing mm-hmm. a guy like you you I suspect you don't pick up the phone and you, running an ad I mean it's got to be is it all referral relationship how does it work for a guy like you
0: it comes in so many different uh, Places and you never know where a little seed will be planted and grow. I can tell you, I've done my share of cold calling. This is a fun story that you both might enjoy. When my son was born, we got this four foot tall, it's a boy thing. Well, I set it in a chair across from my desk and I drew a face on it so I had something to talk to when I'm making cold calls. So you used to
1: cold call people out of the blue with the idea that you would land some number of them as clients. Well,
0: just start a conversation. Right. Uh, yes, and I wow, I never really did, but it starts a conversation. And uh, it's, I think every financial advisor goes through a period of that, of trying to find what works for them and what doesn't. And right. uh, it's like Ron was saying before, it's a consistency and it's a process, and it's not just one thing. There is no just one thing. It's something that evolves over time, and uh, a lot of it is speaking. I rarely speak about money per se. Roth IRA or traditional IRA or SEP or, um, college funding, this kind of stuff. I tend to speak about more life issues and that tends to attract interest and it this leads to another conversation. I love, I love, uh, the idea of cold calling because it's, it's
2: the toughest form to, in, an attempt to, to gain a client and, but it, but in the process, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong here in the process, it really, uh, it really fortifies you and, and makes you better at what you do.
0: It does. And I'm going to tell you, we all hate rejection. I hate rejection. But you've got to get over it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the other things that it forces you to do, it, it, it and I likened it, it's just training. Mm-hmm. It forces your brain to think and listen. And it's amazing what you can pick up over the phone. Yeah. It is amazing. If you're paying attention and listening, a motion comes through the phone that you wouldn't ordinarily get even in an in-person meeting. And I've learned to be much more comfortable on the phone by forcing myself to do this. And, you know, some days I'd only make five calls. This is my objective today. I got to make five calls. These are the people I'm going to call. I learned some techniques Mm -hmm. to kind of smooth the introduction. Sounds like a coach at a bad time. Most of the time they'll say no and we'll go on. And I have found that, um, Abject honesty works best. I'm probably the last person you want to talk to right now, but could I take 60 seconds of your time? Just let me tell you how I help and if we want to continue the conversation. That's smooth. That's fine. And if not, <laughs> Another time, perhaps. That's smooth. I'm taking notes over here. That's smooth. That's a, that's smooth right there.
1: Well, so a guy like me, who is like scared to death of cold calling, again, you feel no pressure. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a sweet, but it, but it does, I would think, help you uh, crystallize your own thinking and your own messaging, yeah. makes you a better listener, which has kind of been a theme of this whole conversation. Yeah. So where all have you had an opportunity to do this speaking? Because one of those places is TEDx, right? Well,
0: I actually did not speak at TEDx, but getting back to the city of Woodstock, a very good friend of mine, Steve Monahan, a Fortune 100 executive, and I we have been friends for a number of years. He's been a mentor to me, just a terrific, um, a terrific friend. And we were wanting to do something in the city of Woodstock, and Steve actually went to TED.com, downloaded the license application. We filled it out. Our objective was to tap into the vibe of the city of Woodstock to help promote mm. the city of Woodstock and Cherokee mm. County. We have a marvelous community. There's some great speakers. There's some awesome stories. And we put together this Dupree Park event that unfortunately got canceled due to COVID last mm. year. Uh, we were going to hold our uh, in-person speaking event at Madlife Stage and Studios, which is a terrific venue. The Levies, Mike Levy and uh, drawing a blank on his wife's name, just what What a great story. Terrific people. They have an awesome venue. We were going to have some networking events at Elm Street, the local theater, Alma Coffee. We had our inaugural uh, networking event at Alma Coffee to kick things off. And um, we ended up doing a virtual online event in December instead of the in-person event in May. And we are uh, looking at doing a TEDx2021 so we'll see how that develops. Oh, but I hope that comes. I, I do too. I do, uh, I'd, I'd like to know more about that if that materializes. And I just wanted to be the MC. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, I've learned over the years, I love emceeing events. Oh, it just me. seems to be a natural for me. And uh, maybe someday I'll be a TEDx speaker, but um, I love emceeing events. And I've done a few, several nonprofit events where I emcee. And I've done speaking at different networking events, um I've done a few of my own webinar type things in uh, my claim to fame is Toastmasters, Mm. uh, which is probably the best known secret or unknown secret to a lot of folks. But my first Toastmasters experience never happened because I was too afraid to walk through the door. Oh, wow. And so many people are so terrified of public speaking. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, Toastmasters has a process that gets you to a level of competency. And then going back to Ron, what you talked about earlier, mindset. I write a book called Mindset that talked about the difference between what they call a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Yeah. And that got me over the hump to where I actually had fun speaking. And I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If the speaker is having fun, mm. chances are the audience is going to have fun Absolutely. and be receptive.
1: Yep. So before we wrap, I want to, I want to dive into this book a little bit. What <laughs> Did it come together easy for you because it was just like just burning, you know, just burning on your brain? Or did you really struggle trying to get this thing together? What no, was that like?
0: I struggled. You have no idea. <laughs> and I tell you, I had it <clears throat> written for probably three months and I couldn't. Actually, kind of like walking through that door of Toastmasters. Once you publish a book. You're out there, baby. It's out there in the domain. And your heart and soul and (laughs) your life is out there for everybody to judge. It was very scary. And I finally pulled the trigger. And I got a very good reception from it. I, I didn't really use it particularly to make money. But I wanted to introduce the subject of financial planning in somewhat of a more fun way. And it's just – it's 48 little two- to three-page stories. In fact, I shouldn't even tell this story, but – But we will. I will. (laughs) So a friend of mine, sales guy, Dan Jordan, by the DJ, he is a great sales guy and a great mentor, a good friend of mine. He and I were having a meeting, and I'm talking about the book. And part of my deal was I'll give you the book for free if you'll write a review on Amazon for me.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's, that's a nice, nice trade-off. I so like we're talking about it, and I just kind of said, you know, it's a great bathroom book. I said, you can just pick up and start reading. It's a two or three pages each little story. Well, that was his Amazon review. It's a great bathroom <laughs> book. <laughs> I'm like, Gee, thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks. I can't. I really appreciate that one.
2: <laughs> the nerve of Dan. <laughs>
0: So anyway, it was a lot of fun, and um, I got another book in me. Uh, it's been in the drawer. I keep pulling it out from time to time. But basically, oh. it's uh, the working title is The 1% and Can I Join? Mm. And it's more of a work, workbook, uh, mindset stuff, stories of people that have overcome adversity. And I got to tell you, going back to what Ron said, what you've talked about, Stone, is human beings are infinitely adaptable. Yeah. If you're open – to being adaptable. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back again to this mindset business. Yep. And there's a mindset of abundance in America and on planet Earth. And it's just amazing what people can do. And sometimes they just need a little direction. Yeah, I try to reframe the budget and behavior words in a different format so that people actually embrace those concepts and use them to their advantage and build wealth over time.
1: I, yeah, for what it's worth, that's really what what I and my colleagues want to do with this platform is perpetuate that that um, serve first abundance kind of mindset. Uh, the I have these folks I call community impact partners, right? Like the Harry and Leticia over mm-hmm. at Alma and the Innovation Spot folks here, and yeah. uh, that's I'm aspiring to that as well. as to is there anything we can do to use this platform to perpetuate that? Because uh, you do see some marvelous uh, outcomes when when you when you hang out with people like that, and you get two or three of them put their heads together, that's when it's really
0: fun. You know, a great point, community. Yeah. I would never have been able to do this on my own. And there's a wonderful mm. community here in Cherokee County and North Fulton County. Um, I really love the Atlanta area. I think it's a vibrant, a dynamic uh, area with fabulous people, and community has been what's helped me more than anything and I'll go back to my Toastmasters experience which taught me how to tell a story which taught me how to write a story which taught Mm -hmm. me how to publish a book which taught me how to have fun speaking which taught me how to lead meetings and help set me up for being able to produce the TEDx that we pulled off last year it was a phenomenal experience and I the last thing I'll say about it I met people that I would have never met in any other format, yeah. any other way. Uh, people far more pedigreed and knowledgeable and interesting than me. It was just, it was, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it was a wonderful. So Stone was there.
1: Uh, yeah. it was <laughs> you know, Stone,
0: I don't think, moved to town in time. <laughs> uh, but uh, I worked with Steve Monahan. Gina Carr used to be a force in Cherokee County. She's now down in Orlando. Uh, She was our COO and our speaker curator. She and I co-emceed the event. Gina's got a platform, Video Rockstars. If you want to learn how to make money with your videos, uh, check out Video Rockstars and Gina Carr. She's just a fabulous, fabulous person who I learned so much from and continue to learn from.
1: That's a nice plug. I'll send her an invoice.
0: <laughs> no, you've mentioned,
1: Gina, before, and I think I shared with you that one of the other studio partners and I are, are launching a studio in Orlando, and we'll take all the help we can get, again, oh. with like-minded people that want to try to hold up the community. and I, So,
0: yeah. I, Gina's great, and her uh, uh, her partner, Terry Brock, uh, he speaks a lot on technology. And, I feel like um, I know that name. Terry Brock's uh, – I, I, Maybe not world famous, but he's a pretty famous speaker on the National Speakers Association. Maybe a one terrific works. guy. A really insightful speaker. I try to tune into him every time I get a chance.
1: Uh, don't you think there's at least one book in Ron Green? Don't, don't you feel like there's a book in him? There's got to be right,
0: boy. Absolutely. And to talk about adaptability, overcoming adversity, mm-hmm. the yeah.
1: we got we got to help you get a The book nature out. you may of, not want our help,
0: but you got to get a book out. <laughs> however you do it, of human beings. Well, Ron, I'll invite you to Cherokee Toastmasters. <laughs> okay, that may be a start for you. It's the best Toastmasters club in Cherokee County. By the way, another plug: we're looking for an in-person venue. Um, We've got a couple of uh, for the, the Toastmasters looking for, for somewhere to to yeah. meet.
1: How often do you do you have like Margarita Mondays? How's this thing work? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tequila Tuesdays, Whiskey Wednesdays, <laughs> no? Oh, Lord. Stone, <laughs> i got to say, alcohol stone. and speaking rarely no, go that, hand that could in be hand. Be fun.
1: That, could, that could be a fun game. After three oh. shots, let's see how great and uh, how articulate you are. No, oh. This is not karaoke,
2: okay, Stone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, before we wrap here, I, I really do believe with all my heart you are probably the only polo
0: player that I personally know. Uh, it's a great sport. I don't know any. I don't know any. a great sport. And I got to tell you, we play at a farm called Chucker Farm. It's in southeast Cherokee County. Uh, the owner of the farm passed away a couple of years ago, Jack Cashin, a friend and neighbor of mine for many years. And uh, he built a polo field. Uh, Jack did a lot of things that uh, nobody else would ever do. And it's recreational polo, it's Alpha polo. This is not Prince Harry. Kind okay. Of <laughs> Although there have been some pretty famous people come up to Chucker Firm. We had the uh, Crown Prince of Jordan come play polo. I'll date myself a little bit, Stephanie Powers. You might remember. Oh her, I know so Stephanie Powers. She came yeah. to play polo with Sweet. us. Sweet. And uh Buddy Epson's daughter.
1: Uh that's Jethro's Buddy Epson. If you don't know he, I don't know, I don't. Wants,
0: yeah. No, I don't know any of these people. No, anyway. he's not Jethro. <laughs> it's not just
1: Jethro's dad. It's um
0: But he, uh, um, Clampett, Mr. Clampett. Mr. Clampett, or ah, yeah, he was, a, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. one of the originals of the, um, the Wizard of Oz. That's right, yeah. Anyway, his daughter was in town for a concert at Chucker Farm and played with us the next day. So, I mean, okay. it's, it's very cool. It's a, The competitiveness, the camaraderie, and the notion that you're, you're a teammate with a living being uh 1500 pounds of horse flesh that's galloping up and down the field and hitting a ball about the size of a baseball i got it is adrenaline pumping and uh, i tell you when i'm on the polo field i'm not thinking about anything else it has been my escape particularly during covid we have right we have 130 acres to social distance and Mm. uh, (laughs) yeah 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 you're good on that one you get out on the polo field and it's um it's a wonderful wonderful sport
1: So for those of us who may not have your horseback skills, can we go and watch and have a Bloody Mary? (laughs) How's that work?
0: Yes, you can come watch. Although I'll tell you, polo was not what it was. Uh, A whole series of events. There was a handful of us playing polo. I tell you, if you want to watch really good polo, there's Atlanta Polo Club that's down in Vinings. It's across the river from Lovett.
1: Okay.
0: And – Drawing a blank on her name, a guy named Dolph Orthwine uh, kind of runs things, but he's got another lady who's he's big into polo down in the south side of Atlanta, and that is some pretty good polo. And one of the things I'll tell you, a polo field is ginormous <laughs> you can almost see the curvature of the earth it is <laughs> it is the equivalent of nine football fields oh, uh, well, oh, well wow. said well said my friend. it's, so it's uh, like three by three football field kind of thing ah, yeah yeah so yeah, that's uh, anyway they'll start they're starting up the middle of this month or september i gotta tell you fall polo was the best time to watch polo because the horse has been going all summer and right. the weather's moderating um i'll try to Keep you guys up to speed. Well, keep we'll, me up we'll, to, I'd, we'll love, I'd go you know, know, make a or visit or down like to uh, to Vining's and watch some pretty good polo.
1: Now that would be fun. I would. And, yeah, and it's so far removed from my world, and I think M- mine
2: too. Maybe mine too. A little too. bit from yours too. Right? I mean, there's not not a lot of not a lot of black guys playing polo,
0: man. I mean. <laughs> right, you'd be surprised. We got a guy Miguel Wilson. Okay. You ought to connect with him. I know, he's in the fashion business. Okay, and he has a nonprofit that focuses on helping at risk youth, mm-hmm. and he has a polo scholarship where wow. he Gets young black kids mm-hmm. uh, out of the inner city on a horse. Oh wow. I love it. And teaching it, them about polo. It, and uh, Miguel's a pretty good polo player. He is a great guy. And I gotta tell you, you talk about somebody that understands publicity. Yeah. He is he's got a cameraman wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned I've learned a lot from Miguel. He's a terrific guy. No, that's awesome. Uh, that's I've really awesome. enjoyed getting to know him. And uh, he's got an event coming up uh I don't know if it's at Atlanta Polo or not, but he has an annual event that he raises money for his nonprofit. Last year, you may recall, we had somewhat of a flood and <laughs> I don't know if it's spring or fall, but it kind of rained out his event. It mm. was um, unfortunate, but Miguel Wilson might want to connect. Yeah, with, yeah, connect uh, YouTube, me, connect me, he absolutely. He's a super neat guy.
1: And you think there might be, like, a fundraiser where we really could go and watch stuff and bid on stuff? I love the fundraisers. I the, yeah. I'm, yeah. Know, mine are usually centered around alcohol. like the bourbon. <laughs> I went to the Bourbon Gala for Enduring Hearts. I mean, uh-huh. I, 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 I loved every minute of that. All right, where can our listeners go if they'd like to reach out and, and get together with you and, and have some of these conversations and just um, and, and, and get a little bit of, of direction and counsel? And most of all, a guy who will sit down and
0: listen. Well, thank you. The best way to reach me is Mike at Cena Mike S-E-N-A, Advisors.com. That's A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S. Um, com. You can go to the website. You get a little feel for what we're trying to accomplish. And um, uh, it's been great fun.
1: Well, this has been a great deal of fun for me. Very informative. Also, if you just if if you're having trouble reaching Mike, which I don't think you will, if you just walk up and down Main Street, you'll, <laughs> you'll bump into him because I I see you two or three times a week. Anyway, and if you mention to I will share this with you, and this is this has been my experience already. If you share with with Mike, like I have, hey, I'm looking for this. I need this. I mean, it's like he, he, he just, okay, that's his job this week. I'm going to go help Stone. No, that's, he's that guy, right? That's good. And he genuinely listens to what it is you're trying to accomplish. And if he can, he will, he will help you. Um, It's just, it's such a pleasure to have you both in the, in the studio today. So thank you both. Uh, And let's don't make this a one and only thing. Let's, uh, let's circle back from time to time. I know you and I've got some designs on Mm -hmm. doing some stuff, collaborating together. Uh, Ron, and I don't know, Mike, maybe you and I will find an excuse to, to hang out together uh, more as bur- well. Bourbon, bourbon. There <laughs> yeah. you go. We'll have, yeah. we'll have the Mike Cena <laughs> <laughs> Business Radio X bourbon tasting. i, 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 I'll I go for see. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, this is Stone Peyton for our guest today, Ron Green and Mike Cena, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.